Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. We also have an Instagram, I Love That Movie Podcast, and a Patreon. You can support us on there. The show is always free, but if you want to support the show, you can at www.patreon.com slash I Love That Movie. And I want to take a moment to thank my top patrons, Chris Balga, Jeff Widman, Michael Cross, and Joseph George. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. We've also got a, a Teespring if you want to buy some I Love That Movie swag, a Discord, and a Facebook group if you want to continue the conversation. And if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. Last two plugs. Uh, we are going to have two panels at AllCon. Uh, 9 p.m. on March 12th, we'll be talking about The Creature from the Black Lagoon. And then on March 14th at 11 a.m., we'll be talking about the movie Them. And both episodes will include Christopher R. Mim and Michael Cross. You guys don't want to miss these panels. The live shows are so fun. For like the first half of it, we do a regular show. And the last portion is a Q&A. And so if you're in the audience, you get to be part of the show. So please come join us. All right. I'm done with all my plugs. <laughs> um, I have a returning guest here today. I have Kara. Say hi, Kara. Hi, everyone. Glad <laughs> to be back. Well, Kara, um, it's really great to have you back. Glad to be here, as always. Excited to talk about our favorite movies from our childhood. Yes, this is a big <laughs> one. Um, before I get into that, though, if uh, people haven't heard you on the show before, and they absolutely should, uh, can yes. you introduce yourself? Oh, yeah. So, hello, everyone. I'm Kara. Um, back from, uh, let's see, what other episodes? We've done uh, the Indiana Jones trilogy. Um, those were great. We did The Rock. The Rock, yes. The Long Kiss Goodnight. Yes. And what um, was the most recent one What was one the last did? one we did? We've done Tombstone. Tombstone. I think that was the most recent one, right? Or was there, there was another, another one. one? Oh, it was Die Hard. Die Hard. We Duh, did for the yeah, Christmas Eve episode. Okay, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. A lot of fun. 90s. <laughs> yes. And just in case anyone was wondering, I did, in fact, make the sweater that said, now it I did. have a machine I, I posted ho, pictures ho, ho. of yeah, it okay, without good. your permission. But... Yeah, that's you have my permission. Okay. <laughs> Retroactively. Um, <laughs> so... My guest always chooses the movie, although I do make suggestions when it's you, Kara. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I was I like, pick one of these. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, which movie did you choose out mm. of those? Yeah, so today we're going to talk about Nothing to Lose, which I think there might be some other movies with that name or something, but this is the one from 1997? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're yeah. right. Um, so this is a movie that has a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. It was not a big hit. Mm -mm. Most people I've mentioned it to either don't remember it or remember seeing like the poster at Blockbuster or yeah. something, but they did not watch it. Or if they did, they don't remember it. Yeah, because this movie came out when Blockbuster was still a thing. Yes. Yeah. No, and you know, I was thinking about this and you know, the only reason we had it 
was because <laughs> I had it on VHS as part of that, like, I don't know if it was a pyramid scheme. Oh, my scheme. gosh. Oh, yes. I knew <laughs> yeah. what you were going to say. I remember when you guys were doing that yeah. stuff. Yeah. What was that called? I don't remember. It was some, I mean, it was an obvious scam, but it was this thing where, like, you sign up for this movie club. Yes. And, like, you would pick out a certain number of movies that you would buy, and then, like, every month or every few months you would have to pick new ones but you were obligated to buy the movies regardless of whether there were any that you I wanted i didn't know that's how you saw this that's yeah, such a cool story that's though. why we had that movie it came in one of our shipments while we were doing that scam oh my god most people listening to this don't even remember that yeah yeah that was apparently a thing it was a thing uh i'm gonna figure out what that's called later yeah but... i mean it was something real simple like you know the movie club or mm-hmm. something wasn't it like like in a uh, TV guide or in other like in newspapers and stuff, it would say like, "Oh, for a penny a day." Yeah, could... yeah, yeah. It was that yeah. kind of thing, and it was like, "You're gonna get all these new movies as soon as they come out," and you know, on VHS tapes. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's so funny. And they did yeah. books too. I, I remember. Yeah, yeah, they did do books too. That probably would have been a better investment because you can still <laughs> read those. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can't watch these anymore. Nope, I had to rent this. So even that... though I bought it a while back. <laughs> so that answers how you watch this. Um, yep. And I watched this at your house. Yes. Yeah, yeah. we did. We watched this a lot. You were like, house. oh, you got to watch this movie. It's so funny. <laughs> and um, a little story about how much we like this movie. I've actually told this on other podcasts before. <laughs> That's great. Um, podcast episodes. But uh, we watched it so many times that when the first scene of the movie comes up, like when he's at that... Well, when he's talking to his wife and, and also when he's at the business meeting, yes. we were like laughing hysterically. <laughs> like before the joke Before happens. the jokes. Yes. And and I remember like your mom and my dad being like, this isn't that funny. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, it's it's not that good, guys. I know. And we're like, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. It's our favorite, so. But I have to say, even going back and rewatching it the other day, though. I was dying. It was still <laughs> funny. <laughs> I respect yeah. that other people don't think it's funny. But it is funny to me. It's still, the spider on your head thing is funny I was forever. crying the whole time. I remember Nick was telling me, he's like, I never saw this movie before you made me watch it. And I was like, well, cheers yeah. to that. But yeah. He, he enjoyed it too. Like, okay, good. So, he, I mean, it is good. Yeah. I think it's really funny. Yeah. I had no idea until I actually just looked that up today and realized that it had like a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, oh, I thought this was a good movie. That That's the magic of being like young and not knowing like the conversation around a film. Yes. Like you just saw it and. Yeah. I, um, I thought it was funny. Maybe my humor is stupid. I don't know. <laughs> I enjoyed it. In 1997, I would have been about 13. Yeah. That's right. Um, so I would have been about 12. Yeah. And I think this is when uh, that Martin show was really big, yes. right? Yeah. Because he was a big star at that time. Or like big they, on TV. They both were. But I think people our age would know Martin Lawrence more mm-hmm. than um, Tim Robbins at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had been in like Shawshank mm-hmm. and in and, and, uh, other like big movies. Yeah. But for me, the draw was Martin Lawrence, because I knew who he was. Yeah, and he was funny. Yeah, and, like, my mom and I watched Martin, like, every day. Like, we watched, it was, uh, the channel was called UPN. Yeah, oh, yeah, I remember UPN. (laughs) Star Trek came on that channel. Yeah, Star Trek was on that channel. And, (laughs) and, like, on Fridays, it was a lineup of, like, uh, it was, like, um, well, if you you tuned in early, you got, like, um, Family Matters, and then you got, like, um... Moesha, Moesha, and then it was like Fresh uh, Prince of Bel Air, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, yeah, Sister Sister, yeah. Um, this show, 
uh, in Living Color, oh, yeah, which is how right. I first saw Jim Carrey. I was yes. a huge Jim Carrey fan from that show. Yes. Like, I'm not making that up. That That is where my mom and I fell in love with Jim Carrey. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we would be like, he's cute, though. <laughs> like, I love that your mom likes Jim Carrey. We both thought he was hot. He is I mean, ridiculous. I know, and we loved Ace Ventura. I mean... <laughs> I remember that. You made me watch that movie so many times. I love that movie to this yeah, day. It's funny. I'm still a little in love with Jim Carrey. Yeah, we might but need anyway, to do an episode. We should. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... I think you help me help her, too. <laughs> <laughs> it was... It's hard to explain to people. Like, some people are like, I'm so tired of him. And I'm like, but if you could have grown grown up in that yes. time when he was the mask it's different yeah but it was different martin La- martin lawrence was on this level for me too like mm-hmm. martin was a show that we watched every day so uh-huh. like when this movie came out i was like oh it's that guy that i really like yeah and he's um, really funny he I is mean, funny he's a comedian he's a he's good super comedian likable yeah. yeah he is yeah so anyway uh before we get too much further into this i'll read the synopsis for us um here we go 1997 um as usual uh we will be talking spoilers so watch the movie first i know there's so much to spoil here it's such a deep plot intense plot here (laughs) here we go advertising executive nick beam is sleeping with his employer oh wait what (laughs) no learns that his wife learns (laughs) it was all in parentheses i was like it's confusing wait a minute Um, i don't remember that part (laughs) let's start over (laughs) <laughs> it's hard to even say nick beam without laughing <laughs> nick beam i'm nick beam <laughs> look at me i'm nick look beam, at me, I'm nick beam. <laughs> will you stay with me forever mr beam mr beam will you stay with me forever <laughs> uh, okay oh, here great. we go <laughs> <laughs> Whew, this okay. is only gonna be funny for the it's two only gonna of us. get worse yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay Advertising executive Nick Beam uh, learns that his wife is sleeping with his employer. In a state of despair, he encounters a bumbling thief whose attempted carjacking goes awry when Nick takes him on an involuntary joyride. Soon the betrayed businessman and the incompetent crook strike up a partnership and develop a robbery revenge scheme. But it turns out that some other criminals in the area don't appreciate the competition. And one of them is the janitor from Scrubs. And the other one is the bad guy from Breaking Bad. Oh! What? Uh. <laughs> Did you realize that? No, I didn't watch that show. Okay. Oh, well then it, it's not as exciting for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, it's not. But, okay, so the uh, the two crooks that they run into are, like you said, the guy from Scrubs, uh, John C. McGinley. Yeah. But the other guy that's uh, is um, Giancaro Esposito, he's... Like, the main bad guy in Breaking Bad that owns, like, the El Pollo Loco. Okay. It gets, like, half his face blown off. Spoilers. Yeah. I mean, I vaguely remember Breaking Bad. I just, I didn't follow it, like, closely. But it's crazy that it's him. Because, like, this guy has, like, a huge career now. Yeah. Like, he's a big deal now because of Breaking Bad. a while back. Yeah. Yeah. And he looks, like, so dramatically different. Wow. He looks better now. He does. He looks like a cool bad guy now. Yeah. Like, look how cool he is. Yeah. Matt, he looks, like, distinguished now. Yeah. And, like, he's pretty scruffy in this movie. Really intimidating bad guy in Breaking Bad. Huh. Yeah, so I have three quick facts to share about this movie, and if you have a fact you want to throw okay. in, you can. Um, there were only three. One mm. of them repeated, so I condensed it into one. Okay. Uh, so there's not a whole lot of information about this movie. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, the first one is that um, the name of Martin Lawrence's character is not mentioned until 50 minutes Yeah. into the film. 
Yeah, which I want to comment on yes, that. I don't I know now we or need later, to, like, but address some things about this movie. Yes, because yeah, th- and that was one of the things that I wanted to address. Because like Nick Beam, like we were just joking earlier. I'm Nick Beam. Oh, stay with me forever, Mr. Beam. Like <laughs> you hear his name throughout the sh- the the whole movie. Like he's important, and then even uh, Martin Lawrence's character, even when you do hear his name, it's T. It's an initial. Like you don't even hear his last name, and then like his family calls him Terrence, but he's embarrassed of it. But like. It's like he's generic black man, you know? Yeah. And, like, Nick Beam is the important person. It did feel like... I mean, I respect them for trying to tackle an issue that I think is is real. Yes. Um, And it's, you know, in this film, Martin Lawrence's character basically becomes a robber because he can't get a Mm -hmm. job Mm -hmm. because his, uh, you know, his resume keeps being turned down or thrown away. Yeah. And he addresses that to Tim Robbins, who doesn't believe him. Right. Until he later sees proof that that's the case. Yeah. Um, And so I get that, you know, whoever wrote this... um, Actually, I know who wrote this. (laughs) I shouldn't say whoever. Whoever wrote this. Whoever, whatever man wrote this. Um, So Steve Odekirk wrote and directed this movie. And isn't it also the case... Wait, I'm about to steal your thunder on no, another factoid, it. am I? No, no, no. Is he ahead. the dancing security yes. guard? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he wrote this movie, and I feel like he's obviously writing it from the Nick Beams yes. character's perspective. Yes, Heavily absolutely. so. Yeah. And there's several things about the movie that I'm mm. like, mm, a little on... Like... Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things. But, but one We're of the things <laughs> is that I feel like this issue is lightly touched on but not explored enough mm-hmm. um but I, I respect that they actually tried to tackle it yes but it would have been nicer if we knew terrence's name pre-50 minutes into the film. right yeah and his last name ever yeah terrence yeah. paul davidson apparently yeah who knew it did feel like he was playing i mean in, in any comedy you could say that they're playing caricatures sure but there are times in this movie that i'm like some of the cheap laughs, I'm like, okay, like, I yeah, if I would go there today. Yeah, there's definitely an imbalance in how they're treating uh, Tim Robbins' character versus Martin Lawrence's character. Yeah, and it's not something I would have noticed as a kid because, no. you know, ironically for me, like, Martin Lawrence was the bigger name to me. Right, I knew who yeah. he was. I didn't know who Tim Robbins was. I hadn't seen uh, Shawshank yet. Yeah, Another favorite either. of yours. Yes, that's <laughs> another good one. I saw that recently. Yeah, I really yeah. like that movie, but um, too, we did it? an episode on it, so. Yeah, that's a good one. Another but. movie that I felt like missed an opportunity to uh-huh. <laughs> to tell certain stories. Yes, I think like, so too. <laughs> that, you know, mostly affect people of color. But anyways, uh-huh. um, yeah, that actually feeds into. had to have, you know, a white guy as <laughs> yeah. the, the savior. I'm like, really, like, it should yeah. have been about a, a black man. Anyways. Yeah, I know, yeah, which is, we're going to get to that in this Stephen movie King too. tried, but. Yeah. Wait, that uh, was Stephen King? Yes. I didn't know that until didn't I didn't remember it. that until you said it. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just like in Shawshank Redemption, in this film, Tim Robbins plotted to rob the financial assets of a man who wronged him. As Andy Dufresne, Robbins robbed the financial assets of Warden Samuel Norton. As Nick oh. Beam, Robbins robbed the financial assets of his boss, PB. Eventually returned the money to his boss in this case. Yeah. Which... Weird parallel. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. I caught that parallel, too, when I was watching it. Because that's, like, the main other thing that I remember Tim Robbins from, from that yeah, time. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah that's what he's obviously. most famous for. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, huh. It's kind of that character, but goofy. 
but yeah. Uh, and it's the same thing again where he's got like the sidekick who's a really key character but kind of doesn't get the credit that he should. Who also happens to be black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting hmm. thoughts here. <laughs> yeah. Huh. and But I do feel like, kind of like you said, I like that they tried to tackle that because it's like another movie about masculinity. Of course, we're doing another movie about masculinity because I guess that's all we watched when we were kids. But, Two women discussing yeah. nothing to lose. Yeah, so clearly we know all there is to know about this topic. So. <laughs> 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 but um, I, I liked how they tried to tackle it where they've got like uh, Nick Beam is like the privileged white man. He's got money and he has a great job and everything, but he's very emasculated like by his boss, you know, yeah. who has the giant, you know, phallus statue and is like, oh, I'm going to make you miss going on a date with your wife, you know, to entertain my guests or whatever because I want to go hook up with some girl. And all those like and- African artifacts yeah. like that whole thing now feels really weird mm-hmm. <laughs> like his whole mm-hmm. office full of all these like indigenous people yeah and, like different races yeah. like artifacts in his mm-hmm. office feels super wrong now it's yeah and like yeah. that that dick statue was like some kind of extension of himself yeah and, and, and tim robbins is like Ugh, yeah like, even he is in this movie is like this is terrible and i feel like he does like in the movie go on this journey of like figuring out how to be a little bit less racist um <laughs> like, <laughs> a little bit a little bit i don't know that he really fully interrogates this idea of white privilege which maybe wasn't really being talked about in 1997 um he for 1997 he gets like a, a trophy mm-hmm. in 2020 i don't mm-hmm. know <laughs> mm-hmm. let's just yeah. say that yeah because yeah, when you think about okay wait i'm getting off track but no yeah because yeah he's like Okay, emasculated by the fact that, you know, his boss with the dick statue and everything. PB. PB. Nick. (laughs) PB. (laughs) Right. And then it's like he thinks his wife is cheating on him. And, you know, every time he tries to be scary, he's not. And then, like, they get in the the fist fight at the diner and he can't fight at all. And it's terrible. And so he's, like, not very physically masculine, but he has, you know... These other powerful, you know, privileges of, you know, being white and a physically large person and having a lot of money. exceptionally tall. Yeah. Like, it really shows in that movie because I guess, how tall is Martin Lawrence? I mean, is he particularly short? I looked at the poster, but I actually have a problem with that. I have a problem with that too. That kind of sums up my problem with this whole movie, actually. Because it's like very, I think, you know, visually emasculating. It's, it's upsetting uncomfortable. to look at. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that throughout the movie, and it's like, Martin's character is like this caricature of the black gangster, violent criminal, and he, like, has those kind of masculine qualities in that he's he's physically scary, even though he's small, but it's like, that they sort of try to shift throughout the movie And, like, as Nick, like, learns to be more aggressive and assertive and take advantage of opportunities from the T character, Terrence, do we call him Terrence? Do we call him T? Like, they never use his name, which is weird. Yeah, you learn Um, his name is Terrence one time. Yeah. And it's another 
emasculating thing where his mm-hmm. mom like slaps him yeah or the mother-in-law slaps yeah, him. yeah 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 because that's his whole thing like explaining to nick like oh you were such a pussy i'm using air quotes but that is what he said um you know why didn't you like shoot the guy when you found out your wife was cheating on you and he's like here's what i would have said and goes out that whole long like tirade about i would have told her you know what it is and you know i'm nick beam and nobody fucks with nick beam <laughs> like all this stuff but then like later when you finally do like they go back to his house you find out oh no like his mom and his mother-in-law or whatever completely run the show there yeah. so you come to find out that even his like purported masculinity is actually completely false do you think that that's what attracted us to this movie though of like i remember as a kid even when he finds out that his wife is cheating on him nick mm-hmm. beam's character tim mm-hmm. robbins mm-hmm. um because that's a big part of the movie you find out that um well nick beam jokes around with his wife that's a really yeah, funny part of the yeah, movie that first scene it really made me feel like relationships could possibly be equal i know yes. that sounds silly but it's no. like they were joking around with each other yeah and i always loved that part of the movie i remember yeah. my dad saw it with me one time and went like oh this is so offensive they're disrespecting their marriage oh that's and so I was funny. like my mom said the same thing and i was like oh marriage could actually be fun yeah you could like joke around i yeah. didn't know that could happen <laughs> right yeah that's so funny yeah i had the same experience my mom was like, ah, oh, I don't like that. What? That's disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. You should never joke around about that. And yeah. I was like, well, I think it's funny. Yeah, because it showed, like, their closeness and their, like, comfort in the relationship. That and that they, they were saw joking. each other as, like, yeah. equals. Right. Yeah. So yeah. then he comes home one day early and he had just talked to his wife. She said, my sister's coming over next weekend. Basically, she accidentally comes over that weekend. Yeah. And her you know, she got it wrong. And so he comes home and his sister has like the same hair. By the way, real bold move. Yeah. To have sex with her husband. In, in their, their bed. bed. Who does that? Disrespectful. Yes. That's but nasty. He sees it and he's like, oh, they have the same hair color. <laughs> They're the same it person. Must be the same person. And then he sees the cufflinks of his boss and he's like, oh God, my biggest fear is realized. My wife is sleeping with my husband. And so he, like, flees the scene. PB. PB. Who, who is gross. Yeah, he's really he's gross. He's, like, the bad guy from a lot of, like, 80s and 90s movies. Yeah, isn't he, like, I don't know. I feel like he's the principal in some... Michael McKean. ...thing. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, he's terrible. He's awful. And, like, that would be very upsetting. If your wife... Yeah. Leaves you for Michael McKean. Yeah, it's like from Spinal Tap, suck. from Clue. He was like, in Clue. He was Mr. Green. What? <laughs> Wait, like, yeah. I thought Christopher Lloyd was Mr. Green. I think he was Professor Plum. Oh, isn't Mr. Green the guy that's like, I'm gonna go home and sleep with my what? That was him. I think so. What? Look at a picture. <laughs> Look, I think it is. <laughs> no way! Oh, he's like so much younger and thinner there. Well, yeah. I, yeah I guess that was 85. What? Oh. I mean, I think that's Oh, him. no. That's really upsetting now because <laughs> I like him. <laughs> ah! I mean, he was old. Oh, that, wow. I'm going to have to process that for a minute. <laughs> Take I don't a know five what minute to do with that information. Ah, because I really like him in that movie. PB. Hey, Nick. 
I remember I even as a kid when he cries life. when the dick's cut off from the statue. Yeah. I just, I was so upset. I was like, yeah. that man is pathetic. Yes. And like, I think that's the point we're supposed to take oh, away for from sure. that. But... but it was like, it disgusted me. Yeah. Even as a child. Yeah. I, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this guy has a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So I am glad that that dick statue got defaced in the end, even though it was obviously a priceless piece of art. He said, oh, it's from the Paleolithic. Like, that is a priceless artifact. Like, you can't just have that in your office. Yeah. <laughs> Some 30,000-year-old yeah, artifact. I, I don't know. I feel like part of the reason I liked Nick Beam's character is, like, he went through that. He mm-hmm. saw that happen, and mm-hmm. he just, like, walked away. Yeah. He was just sad. Like yeah. a normal person. Right. Whereas in a lot of movies, he would go back and, like, murder murder them. everyone and yes. it's like you don't have to do that you don't have to do that yeah i feel like this movie was about like not toxic masculinity yeah and like even like you said when he talks to t and t is like you should have gone back there and done that he's like no yeah i don't want to yeah and even still and then like for the rest of the movie he's like still defending his wife even though she, he thinks that she was cheating on him he's because like don't talk about her like a that whole human being. yeah okay, she makes one mistake Right. Fine. Like, she's not a good wife now. Right. But she's, like, a whole person that he knew. It's hard to, yeah. like, throw an entire person away just because you right. had one bad experience with them. Yeah. And I thought that was really respectable because I think a lot of times in these kind of movies, it's like, oh, now we have to think of the wife as the bad guy. And it's like, I mean, we find out later she's not. Right. But it's like, also... We shouldn't have to turn against her as an as a human being, right? Just because their relationship fell apart, like that's kind of silly. Yeah, there could have been a lot of things going on, and it wasn't even what he thought. Yeah, and then we, then we find out too all this stuff with T, like talking about like, oh yeah, that's what I was said, blah blah blah. But actually, he's like just as in love with his wife. Yeah, and she's really sweet to him. Yeah, and she's a good mother, and then his mother in law is a little bit of a she's overbearing. She's a little overbearing. Yeah, but. She keeps the house in line. <laughs> she does. Yeah, she's trying to do the right thing. But everybody's trying to do the right thing in this movie. Or, like, I mean, the main characters in the end are trying to do the right thing right. in this movie. Which, you know, I like that they brought it around to that point. And even though, like, I feel like Nick Beam goes on this, like, arch of where he's like, okay, I'm going to get more aggressive and assertive. And he does to an extent. Like, in the end, he cuts the dick off that statue. And then, like, he's yelling I at the camcorder guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he finds his voice or whatever. But he's not a dick after he that have stood up to his boss i think yeah. that was a good arc for him yeah um so he gets there but it doesn't go like off the rails where he's on a killing spree you know or something yeah that's true so i like that <laughs> i liked that okay yeah. so what's another good scene that you liked from the movie oh man okay so we did the the breakup scene where they're we not really breaking the up part uh, that is like probably <laughs> one of my favorite scenes between that and when they rob the hardware store <laughs> I was led to believe yes, I that if that I move my, my ass, it, make my it might off. be blown off. <laughs> well, you were scary too. You were scary too. You're just saying you don't have, you to, don't have to lie. No, no, you no, were no. very scary. You were very scary. <laughs> that um, is my favorite. I do have to admit, every time it's with Carrot, it is a wine cast. Yes. Is this different with other people? Um, no. No, I guess now that you mentioned it, I don't it, hear it, wine on your other episodes. Oh, dear. <laughs> hmm. Well, a lot of them are remote. Sure. So who knows what's going who on? Who knows what's going on there? There might be wine. 
So which scenes have we talked yeah. about? The Okay, yeah. The, the robbing the hardware store, I mean, that is by far my favorite scene in that movie. Where, like, I mean, just from the beginning, when he, like, <laughs> trips over all those wagons when they're trying to go in. You can't even get in the door of this place without messing and they're up. Just trying to get like, like flashlights. Yeah, all they needed was the flashlights, and like for some reason they didn't have enough money for that anymore. I feel like they could have like figured out how to get you know fourteen dollars to get flashlights, or like scrounged around in the house and found two flashlights. I, it was unnecessary, but it was really funny. It was good. The little yeah. uh, store clerk is my favorite part of the scene, though. He's great. <laughs> well, you were scary, too. Oh, and then when they're leaving at the end, and, like, that guy walks in who's dressed exactly like uh, Tim Robbins. <laughs> it's, like, obviously, he's like, like, supposed to be one of him. motherfucker. And, and he doesn't even, but he's like, freeze, sucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, he doesn't even cuss at him. <laughs> and he, like, freaks out, like, cowers, and then the old man just, like, thumbs up him. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was better. It's like, that was much better. He's like, thank you, Henry. <laughs> yeah, Henry is my favorite part of that I movie. I mean, you know, like, he embodies so much of, like, in those stores. Like, who cares if you yeah. get robbed? Like, he doesn't own it. He's like, no. whatever, just take whatever like, you want. take the flashlights. I, I like that scene a lot because it reminded me of Ace Turner Hardware. Shout out. <laughs> yes. A local like chain store. here in Dallas. Yes. <laughs> you like that? Well... As a kid, my dad used to take me to Ace Turner Hardware while he looked around at nuts and bolts or whatever. Yeah. And I would look at the bubblegum section. There's lots of different bubblegums. There was yeah. also lots of different horses. Oh, yeah, that's like true. They do have horse horses. Statues yeah, I remember those. I could yeah. look at. It was a place near and dear to my heart. Okay. So in this part of the movie, I, I thought about Ace Turner. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I got an electric drill from that store. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That sounded like the most southern thing you've ever said. Yeah. Bless my heart. <laughs> electric drills. Yeah. But um, that was a good scene. Yeah. That, that was I good. feel like, okay, so there's a couple scenes I want to talk about. Number yeah. one, I want to talk about the scene at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. We touched on it briefly. Mm-hmm. Where Nick Beam is talking to his wife. And they yeah. say all those horrible things to each other. Yeah, it's obviously a joke. Yeah. Your father's hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been experimenting with men. A and lot women. of men. And yeah. women. <laughs> yeah. But mostly men. A lot of men. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Yeah. And he's like trying so hard to keep a straight face. That's <laughs> great. But um, <laughs> that was a good scene. And then also the scene, uh, the marketing pitch scene oh with zippy zippy what's behind zippy those are chocolate chips (laughs) so there's a scene where all the thirsty marketing execs are like putting up their like advertisements that they want to pitch to the meeting think about madman or something yeah yeah and this guy puts up a picture of a cookie and behind him are chocolate chips yeah and the cookie is wearing cowboy boots that was an upsetting yeah yeah um so his name is zippy and tim robbins character is like what's behind zippy he's like oh wherever he walks he lives a magical trail of chocolate chips and he's like it looks like poop yeah he's like that that looks like poop (laughs) he's leaving what do you think one lady's like excrement he's like he looks like he's frapping all over the place (laughs) and that part i just lost it even as a kid i got it and i just enjoyed it yeah, I, I love that that was what happened in the meeting. And he's just like, okay, try again. You know? 
<laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was great. I love that. that and was I was scene. thinking about that scene the other day and trying to remember like what movie that scene was from. Really? Yeah, and then I realized, oh, it's from this movie. Zippy. <laughs> Zippy. Now, what does that look like? Excrement. <laughs> Explain what that looks like behind <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's a good scene. I agree. Yes. The diner scene where they get in that fight is yes, pretty good. That's great. Over the cre- the last credit card. Yeah, that turns out to be expired in the end anyway. And I like when um, when Martin Lawrence is like dragging Tim Robbins around in a circle and he's like, what is this, a merry-go-round? Yeah, it's great. Like, they clearly, like, neither one of them can really fight. It, like, definitely Tim Robbins can't. And he keeps doing that weird, like, elbow punch thing that doesn't really make he any sense. He punches him and he just makes him laugh. He's like, yeah. this is sad. Yeah. This like, isn't good. This guy's, like, twice as big as him. And it's, like, reinforcing again that, like, he's just so emasculated in so many ways in this movie but you know then like he builds from there because later in the movie he like shoots the gun out of that other guy's hand and everything and he's all like you know another good season though is when he gets shot yes (laughs) i love it yeah yeah when those other thieves like try and they like run them off the road and they're trying to be like you can't commit crimes in our neighborhood even though they like technically weren't doing that because he was trying to get gas but then the gas station attendant saw that he had a gun and thought he was being robbed so then he pulls the gun on him to stop him from calling the police but then he pays him oh you know that show cops i love it i love it (laughs) (laughs) my favorite not be that funny. I know. I, I love that, though, because, like, every time I watch that, I'm like, man, what's he gonna do? Because even if it's a hang-up, it's just gonna be a 911 hang-up, and the police are still gonna come out. I mean, they come out anyway, but yeah. he's gone by then. Yeah. But, like, I do like this subplot of, like, so Tim Robbins and Martin Lawrence are on the run, kind of, but then there's these two bad guys, um, Davis Langlo and Charles Dunn. Played yeah. by uh, John C. McKin- McGinley and uh, Giancarlo Green. Esposito. I'm still... I haven't finished processing the fact that that's Mr. Green from Clue. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mr. Beam. Wait, is that... No, no, no. That's so not who that is. Guys, <laughs> the two bad mind. guys are... No. Yeah, okay, Mr. Never Beam. Mind. Like, Nicholas Beam's boss. That's right. Yeah, it's his boss. Okay, yeah, okay, I'm over. This that is the guy mind. from Scrubs. Yeah, yeah. Scrubs okay. and... Uh, you know, El Pollo Loco. Yeah, okay. Yeah, now I got it. Yeah, and they're like, sort of like, semi-reflections of the two main characters. If they were actually badass. Yeah, and real, real scruffy. And yeah, yeah, so they're like trying to like, <laughs> like the part, shake them down. Me and my mom laugh so hard, because we, we watch this too. Yeah. But the part where he's like, would you move over a smidgen? <laughs> yeah, they like still that British guy's car. He's like, you're from London. May do. And he's like, would you move over a smidgen? And he like knocks Just him out of the car. And oh, that part made me laugh so hard. It was great. Like all these jokes, I told Nick, I was like, if I was aware of other like cop movies or like this kind yeah. of dynamic, I would have not notice this movie but because i wasn't aware of those movies yeah. this movie seemed great yeah it was it was a great time it's good fun and i mean they're always like just doing the worst possible thing and making terrible decisions and then they still end up finding them through the terrible decisions of nick beam where like because that's how they find him because he throws his uh business card container at them when he's telling him off 
and and they get away, but then they have his business card, so that's how they track him down in the end. Well, yeah, he really insults him. He's like, you were a bully as a kid, and I just see a scared little boy, and I was like, oh, this is... This is gonna go badly. A little too dark, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then that's where uh, T, like, saves him, because that guy's about to just, like, shoot him in the face with a shotgun, but then, like, he grabs his gun and, like, you know, scares them off and everything. And, like, he has all these moments where he kind of saves the day, but then... He always ends up being, like, just the sidekick in the end, which is kind of... Because, like, the whole message of the movie is, like, okay, like, Nick Beam, like, learns about, like, okay, I need to be more assertive and take opportunities and talk back to my boss. And also that uh, just because you don't have a job and are poor doesn't mean you're lazy. Uh, yeah and so in the end it's like he goes through this whole transformation and his life is much better now but for t like when we get to the end of the show all he did was basically save the other guy a bunch of times and then for no good reason after agreeing to give the money back so that nick could get his life back and he's like okay fine i guess that means i get my shitty life back too you didn't think about that did you he then goes out of his way to realize oh i'll come to your barbecue and stuff yeah okay yeah and then and then uh t realizes oh they're still gonna check the video because uh nick beam cut off that statue's dick um, and so he thinks of that by he himself, goes that, in, he didn't have to do any of that covers for him, deletes the video and everything. And then in the end, like, okay, they offer him a job. So what's his story arc? Like help out rich, privileged white people and maybe they'll throw you a bone. And also like, let's be real. How many people who are like carjacking people and knocking over convenience stores happen to also have a fancy degree in electrical engineering and i mean that's not usually the situation like people are not working with that and wouldn't get hired for that position because they've probably experienced setbacks from a long time before in their life where they didn't even get that degree I was problematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did the best they could at the time. Yeah. It's 2020. It's time to start doing better. That's right. Yeah. The message, I think. Yeah. I yeah. like that they tried to talk about this and, and talk about masculinity as it interfaces with race and socioeconomic status and everything. It was nice that they were looking at how that affects people differently. That was great. Uh, but, like, did they consult with? any like people of color I doubt in it. the messaging about this I doubt it. like i just i don't feel like they did <laughs> i feel like if they did somebody would have been like uh hold on a minute <laughs> like, i have things to say nick beam yeah but you know as a kid watching this movie i thought it was perfect <laughs> yeah i thought it was great uh too and it was funny and it, it like wraps it up in a happy simple ending where I mean, like everyone God wins Terrence in the finally end finally gets a job like right and he's obviously like more than qualified although i mean to be fair i mean the main guy should also be fired from his job after trying to steal all of the boss's stuff and everything <sighs> right but then also like would you hire for your security specialist somebody who like the entire time you've known him which is a grand total of 48 hours <laughs> has been either trying to rob you or helping you rob things i mean mm. yeah it's like i get that yeah it was extenuating circumstances and blah 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 but i mean what else do you know about that? I mean, that's just, that's not how you hire people. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey guys, so I noticed that we lost, you know, a, a small portion of the recording and it was the part where we talked about, you know, why we've seen this so many times and how we recommend it. So, you know, if you notice an audio difference, that's why. <laughs> but Kara luckily came back and she's going to answer a couple of those questions for us really quick. We talked about pretty much every scene in the movie, so we're covered there. Um, Kara, uh, why do you like this movie so much? Why do you think you've seen it so many times? Mm, so <laughs> I know the reason I've seen it so many times is because like we talked about earlier, my family was in that weird scam with the, the video <laughs> club and this was one that came to our house. And <laughs> I love the honesty. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, back in the day before streaming services, like the videos that you had were the videos that you watched over and over again. This is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> But, true. yeah, but I also actually really liked it, too. So <laughs> that was lucky. <laughs> but, yeah, it's actually, I mean, I just think it's really funny. I mean, even watching it again before we did this podcast, I was hoping that it wasn't terrible, especially after I realized that it had such a low Rotten Tomatoes rating. But <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. turned it on, it was, like, immediately laughing. I mean, I think, like, every scene is just funny. It, it's a good movie. I agree. Um, I had the same thought of like, this may not age well. And I know like there's even podcasts dedicated to like movies that didn't age well. Um, and I kind of don't like that just because I don't know. It's like, I, I don't want to anticipate that something's going to be awful, but I feel like because I see that so much, we're influenced by that, right? We're like, yeah. oh no, I'm going to watch it. It's going to be bad. Um, <laughs> so I did. Unfortunately, it was not. I'm not saying that's never Good. happened to me before, but this time it <laughs> did not. Um, I thought it was very funny. Um, we touched on some of the social things we would change today. However, yeah, we can it's... still enjoy it <laughs> for a movie right. of its time. Um, yeah. and so what, what's your elevator pitch to someone that hasn't seen this movie before? Oh, I've, I've got this. Um, you <laughs> should watch this movie because you know, you've got nothing to lose. Oh, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, it's, it's kind of a weird sell today. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Did you grow up in the nineties and this is yeah. your jam? Um, you're right. You have nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah, Except, it's a funny movie. Yeah, You'll stand your life by you know laughing. Exactly, they the say thing. laughing's good for you, so that's what yeah. I read from. Yeah. Doctors. Oh, and if if you're self quarantining right now due to health <laughs> concerns, yeah. you want something funny to watch and make you feel better. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's good advice yeah. too. Um, <laughs> yeah. We might Go all be doing that soon. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree with that. I think it's funny and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say like a lot of times I'm like, oh, you know, this is a classic and you can't miss it. Um, you know, that's not true. It's a classic in my heart. But yeah. um, but if you want to see possible to miss it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to see why we laughed so hard at it, I mean, give it a shot. That's yeah. about it. Uh, well, Kara, thank you so much for coming back. Um, a <laughs> <Anytime>. second time. <laughs> um, thank you for being on all the episodes you're on, and I hope to have you back soon. You've got to think of, like, I gave you, like, you were like, what should we talk about? Because we kind of collaborate on these a little more, just because we saw a lot of the same movies growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, some possibilities could be, like, The Hunt for the Red October, or, yeah, you know, um, I would love to talk to you about the, like, National Treasure movies, or... Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or like Con Air. <laughs> oh, yes. It'll be full of Nick Cage jokes yes. and, and, and random shrieking sounds, which mm -hmm. is what his movies are full of. I know. Um, this is true. Yes. 
Yes, yeah, so um, that's definitely a possibility on the horizon. <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming back, and I'll talk yeah. to you soon. Thanks for having me. 